0: You're listening to the Play Big, Brand Bold Podcast, episode 16. Welcome to the Play Big, Brand Bold Podcast, inspiring you to play a bigger game, brand bolder and stand out from the crowd. Each week, we'll be talking to startup and creative professionals about all things business to help you build your big idea, brand and bottom line. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Play Big Brand Bowl podcast. It is so awesome to have you here. I'm Suzanne Chadwick, your host and the founder of The Connection Exchange. So if you don't know about us, make sure you head over to theconnectionexchange.com. I am a business and brand strategist and coach, and I love working with both small and large businesses to really look at your business and brand strategy. And one of the key things that I think every business needs to make sure they're on top of is how they're communicating with their audience. And I love coming to you with such great interviews that I just know is going to help you in your business. And I'll tell you why I know it's going to help you, because this stuff is changing all the time. Today, we are talking all about how you can create more engaging email content for your subscribers, build your list and really make the most of ensuring that you can reach your potential customers, clients and community whenever you need to. So today I am speaking with the lovely Karina May, who is an email Automation and CRM specialist. If you're after a fail proof rock solid email marketing strategy to take your business to the next level, Karina will sort you out and then some. With almost a decade of experience in digital marketing land, she knows when to push the boundaries so you keep an edge on your competitors and when to toe the line to ensure your email is actually hitting inboxes and not being flagged as spam, super important. Once she has a handle on your business and goals, she'll draw on her know-how to automate, automate, automate so those conversions roll in while you're counting sheep. She knows how to keep things lean after spending seven years running the marketing team at a startup company, but also how to scale quickly and efficiently. Some companies under her expert care have been Shopo, Coco Republic and Pet Circle. I really love this conversation and I learned so much about trying new things in order to make sure that my emails are getting in front of my clients and subscribers as well. So I hope that you really enjoy this episode. If you've got any questions, then let us know. Make sure you check out all of Karina's details as well. Enjoy. Oh, well, Karina, welcome to the Play Big Bramble Ball podcast. It's so awesome to have you here. Thanks, Suze. Now, we met uh, about a couple of years ago now, maybe a year or two ago. Uh, you came to a speaker's workshop uh, and You did some Facebook Lives in a group that I was running and doing SEO and a few other things. Uh, But I now know that obviously you are more in the email marketing, CRM, copywriting and strategy space. So obviously a great person to talk about how my listeners and the community can get the most out of their email marketing. For sure, yeah. So tell me a bit about your business and how you started and how you kind of gotten to where you are now. Yeah, sure. So my business is
1: called Karina May Consulting um, and I set that up about two years ago. Previously, I was working in house at a startup uh, for about seven or eight years, um, and I ran their marketing department. So I was doing email marketing as well as content and SEO. Um, and I decided, you know, it's time for me to fly the coupe. Um, and I think that I can do this on my own and actually help more businesses. Uh, so I set up Karina May Consulting. Um, initially, I was doing a whole range of different digital marketing, but I saw a real need for email marketing in particular. Um, so I've been specialising in that. So I suppose I've been doing email marketing for almost a decade now, <laughs> um, which makes me, yeah, seem experienced, but also old. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good. And I mean, email marketing has obviously been around for a long time. We hear a lot of, I guess, uh, you know, a lot of corporate's obviously use it. We hear a lot of the big entrepreneurial types, always talking about list building and, you know, really making sure that you've got your email marketing down pat as well. Why do you think it's still so important now, especially since we've got social media and we can connect with our customers in that forum as well?
1: Yeah, for sure, and I think this comes up a lot, so it's it's really good to cover this off, um, particularly with Instagram and Facebook and the audiences that we build on there. Um, I think it's important to note that we don't actually own uh, those that audience, so that that's Facebook and Instagram. So, and I, I know you know Instagram's been playing a lot with algorithms, and we're already starting to see the effect of that. Um, the thing about your email list is that. You own that so that's your asset so if Facebook and Instagram you know ever cease to exist you would still be able to reach your customers at the end of the day so um, it's really valuable you want to basically make sure that if someone comes to your website um, you're capturing their details that you can get back in contact with them again um, to either finish a purchase if it's e-commerce um, or just to Touch
0: base about your your latest content and messaging. Yeah, and we were just talking before we started as well as I was saying that I actually think there's a lot of businesses out there that because of social and because they're trying to grow their following, they're actually not really focusing that much on email marketing anymore or trying to capture people's emails because they're kind of like, well, if I get a big following on Facebook or Instagram and I'm connecting with my community and we're sending each other DMs and all the rest of it and obviously uh, maybe are still being really successful through their Instagram marketing or their Facebook marketing, then I actually think there's a lot of businesses, I know that there's a lot of small businesses that have really either just dropped the ball or have just decided that maybe it's just not as important
1: yeah it's funny because you know there's a lot of people celebrating milestones on Instagram in terms of followers, and so they should you know ten thousand twenty thousand but are we doing the same celebrations for our email <laughs> list yeah. um, you know and there's really simple things that you know you can do in in order to something that you can do right now to start to capture those those social contacts on your email list, which is easy as updating you know your Instagram profile with Linktree and just actually ask people to subscribe. So, I mean, that's a very basic thing that you can do. A lot of people don't sign up because you never ask them to. Um, and they don't know where to do that. So that's something that you can do without having to switch on any complex Facebook campaigns and And, you know, there's lots of ways to drive contacts to your database, but utilising what you already have is as simple as just a post asking people to sign up to your email list.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I do. I've got my little subscriber gif that I pop up every now and again (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, when we, you know, like I might say, I've just sent out, you know, this to my list and talk, kind of talk about some of the content or the events or things like that. Uh, and then, yeah, definitely say head over to Linktree or head over to Link in bio and make yeah. sure you it. So I and
1: guess it's just not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but uh, they won't sign up if they never get asked or don't know how. So, you know, you obviously can't expect to capture the emails. Some people are just happy to be following you on socials and they don't want another email. And I'm sure we'll get to that, standing out in that email clutter. But, um, you know, you have to ask them initially.
0: Yeah. So how do you think list building's changed over the last couple of years? Because, you know, like I said, when we, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe five or even less, we would have been signing up to lots of things. Mm-hmm. But now things are different. We're unsubscribing from everything. <laughs> unsubscribing. <laughs> unsubscribing. So what do you think is working well now when comes yeah. to trying to get more subscribers?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think definitely, and you know, you see this with a lot of websites and it's there because it does work and that is just your good old pop-up opt-in. So, you know, and there's, there are, there is a balance with that, obviously, because anyone that has knowledge around SEO, that is also a factor in terms of um, how your website gets ranked. You want to make sure that you're not annoying users, but I do think, you know if you have some type of opt in um with an offer is a great way um you know a, a perhaps a 10% discount to sign ups uh, for first purchase if you're e-commerce um it's still probably one of the best ways and it's something that i set that up regularly um with with clients and also tests with and without incentive and incentive does always win so people still want to sign up to get something um so you know the good old opt-in uh but also I think now thinking about what partnerships you already have and and who you're already in business with who might have similar audiences and being able to harness I think those those partnerships so obviously you're not going to be able to just take their subscribers and add it to your list which would be lovely Um, (laughs) Yeah, getting up some type of co-branded emails together, sending out offers together. um, If that's the case and, you know, somebody else is sending out an email on your behalf to their subscribers, you know, you direct them to a landing page with an offer of yours and ask them to opt into your list. So they're likely really great prospects because they're already signed up to a like-minded business um, and you can, put together a really nice email together that makes sense in terms of content for them. Um, So I think that's a great way. And then of course, you know, I still see some great results with Facebook. This building, again, you have to have some type of offer, um, you know, but then you have to look at your spend there and what you think the value of your subscriber is. Um, You know, when I run those types of campaigns, I like to keep it at two dollars per subscriber, um, but then when you have a lot of email marketing automation switched on, which we might chat about later, you are able to squeeze more out of that subscriber. So it might be worth more to spend more to get that subscriber in. So yeah, I mean, there's there's paid ways, there's organic ways, um, and giveaways. You know, they can work. It's interesting because you know recently I ran a giveaway with a client, and it's it's interesting to tag up that subscriber and see. I guess what the lifetime value is. Did, did they just sign up just for the giveaway and then never open another email? So you have to also look at your lead source and whether or not that is going to be a good strategy in the long run for your list. Because ultimately you are building a list because you want to connect with customers and make sure that they're hearing from you all the time.
0: Yeah. And so have you found that any particular opt-ins are working well? So you're saying that obviously a giveaway or um, an offer of some sort, but are you seeing uh, anything performing better in regards to video checklists, uh, mini courses, like the actual medium of the the opt-in that you see that works really well? Yeah, I think downloadables work well
1: as well. So if you're not giving an uh, uh, offer for a discount or a... um you know, an, an added product, that sort of thing, a, a, a downloadable works really well. So, um, you know, I've got a client uh, at the moment where, you know, that you download for a, a marketing template. So any extra add on, um, which is downloadable, you know, works well as well. Um, people are looking for it in their email. So they're going to open that email and start engaging right away with you.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. And so what goals should we be aiming for as well when it comes to the growth of our email list? Do you have goals that you set? How do you sort of advise clients on that?
1: Yeah. So I think like, uh, you know, socials aside, um, you want to get as many people as you can from there. Um, I always start to look at, at website traffic. So, you know, if somebody visits your website, your goal is if they don't purchase from you, where hopefully you're collecting their email address, um, somehow to, to get that order information to them. Um, you want to try and capture their email address in some way. So the rough goal that I say is, and I think it's achievable is about 50% of your web traffic. You should try and convert that to actually getting their, their email address and their data. So, I mean, the worst thing is if you are looking at an anonymous contact, depending on, you know, how much you stalk your website and your analytics and you see them on your site for, you know, a good while viewing lots of products, different pages, and then you see them leave and you, you'll never know who they were. And that's such a shame because you want the opportunity to be able to reach back out to them. Obviously they were interested in you. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, and oh, so are there any other goals? So you've got uh, maybe website traffic, obviously your social medias, Should we be looking at growing our email list by 20% or like what's a healthy growth rate? What should we kind of be thinking is good looks like or,
1: you know, we're not
0: doing particularly well? how How can we know that?
1: Yeah, so I think it, if you look at it proportionally to your web traffic, so, you know, it, it, take take the, the visitors that you're getting in Google Analytics every month and, and half it, and that's how many unique visitors. Um, obviously, there's going to be a collection of those that are already on your list, which is great. So with that buffer in mind, um, Fifty percent of that traffic of unique visitors you should be adding into your email list every month, and so are um, you
0: looking at the new versus returner so yes, on, yes, so if I look at new visitors, yeah, and then take a look, say half of those yeah that 's what I should be aiming for,
1: yeah, and I think um, there's some small things as well that you can do in terms of so. You know, there's a lot of people that do sign up and they put an incorrect email address in, and straight away, like they think that they're doing the right thing and they think that they've been captured. Um, So, having an email validator, so a lot of the pop-up opt-ins, you can even as simple as retyping the email address. um, It's really easy to switch on, and that way, you're not getting a bung email address getting sent into your your list, Um, and so you're making sure that every opportunity that you're getting, you're actually making the most of, Um, and then. You know, making sure that you're keeping tabs with your unsubscribes as well because I've seen a lot of lists that are doing growth and, and, and unsubscribes and it, it's, it just means that we're plateauing. So there's no point if you're adding to your, your new subscribers if you're, you're hemorrhaging um, those, those current subscribers just as fast. So keeping on top of your unsubscribes is, is almost just as important
0: yeah absolutely and how long because i guess i use active campaign yeah um, and that's great i yeah, love that. i really like it i I, yeah. I was with uh mailchimp at the very beginning which i think everybody starts with and then yeah. I, was, I think i was with get response yeah uh, and then i discovered active campaign and i was on just the nine dollar and then I, i'm now on uh, sort of a more full CRM service yeah. it be the value of a customer. It integrates with a lot of my tech, which is yeah, awesome, that's great. Uh, which has been really good. And in that, we're going to talk a little bit more about automations. But I've got a uh, engagement automation in there as well, which shows if somebody hasn't opened the email for a certain amount of time, then to take them off after a period as well. But
1: yeah. Um, And I do remember talking to you about that actually last year I do think that that's one of the, you know, a campaign um, that's, you know, it's called waking up the sleepers in your email address, in your email list. So every 90 days, try and send an email to those that haven't engaged for 90 days. Um, If they don't engage with that email, I would take them off your list because it does actually harm the deliverability of emails into your inbox. So... Your, the male clients will have a look and, and see like how responsive people are to your emails um, and that's how you can end up in the dreaded spam as well. Yeah. Plus you don't want to continually send emails to people that don't want to hear from you and it actually could end up harming the chance for people who do want to hear from you to hear from you if you end up in spam. So okay. um, but I think as well on the, um, you know, the, the the sending emails um and and the resend of emails, it's a it's a really good tip when you do send out an EDM um if 48 hours, depending on how many emails you're sending a week, depending if you know you're only sending a couple of months. Um I've said one a week. That's one a week. One a week you have that. And that's you know another thing is consistency with email marketing. So you know you want to have frequency and, and people come to expect when they're going to receive like Suze's email, you know? Yeah. So a, a great tactic is actually just to do a recent 48 hours after to those contacts who haven't opened your initial email. Um, you don't have to do a whole brand new email. Obviously that's a lot of work, yeah. um, changing the subject line. um, yeah. And you will capture a whole bunch of people that just missed your first email. Um, you don't want to do that too often, especially if you're sending three emails a week and you are doing all these resends, you're going to start to get a lot of overlapping happening. Yeah. But um, I think if you're sending in one email a week, a, a resend, it captures a
0: lot of people that just didn't see your email because of all of the noise. I don't do that. So I should do it. Uh, So say somebody's subscribed and then they said to me, oh, I missed your email. I know. Like I saw on Instagram that you said you sent it out and then I subscribed. Could you send it to me? Which I do get, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Then I'll just go in and and it'll be like send to new subscribers or anybody who's on the list. And so I do use that. And I do see that you can obviously resend to people who have not opened this. Yeah. Um, I haven't done that. Yeah, because actually, even if you have a
1: super clean list, just by the nature of emailing, about 15% of your emails will end up in spam anyway, for, for no reason. Like just it's, and it, it's different contacts every time. So it could be that somebody wants to hear from you and they are part of the 15% group where it went to spam. So
0: that. yeah, yeah,
1: that's just, it's not you doing anything wrong. It's just is what it is and you know it's one of those like if, if we could find out how and why it's I trust me I've studied it to see like what the rules are and it's just there are no rules. It's just, yeah. you
0: can just you can just count
1: on the fact that 15% of different people every time you send might not get it because it goes to spam. And I'm sure a lot of people do get that customer saying, I didn't I didn't get your email and you're like, you're on my list, it says sent, it's probably gone to spam and the
0: next one will be fine, you know. Interesting. The other question that I have that you may or may not know is I always wonder because I've got a preview pane in my email, when somebody's email comes in and I view it in a preview mode um, rather than double clicking into it, does that still register as a read?
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't. So is this in Gmail? So you're just looking at... Or yeah,
0: well, I mean, I use, I use my hosting, Bluehost, as my email provider. Yeah. And so all my emails come in, but then I've got a preview pane down the bottom. And so I don't double... Like, I can read a whole email in preview.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. So that, there's no
0: clicks recorded there. So, yeah, they won't they won't record that you open that. Isn't um, that interesting? Because yeah. I've got... Um, there's somebody whose emails I always read... Uh, and I may have doubled up on my subscription to, to her, but I did get an email the other day from her saying, you haven't engaged with our content for a really long time and we just want to make sure you still want to receive it. I'm thinking, I read her email every <laughs> week. That's so yeah. strange.
1: That could be it. And I will actually say on that point, um, when we were talking about the re-engagement campaigns and waking up the sleepers, is just to make sure that you're not so aggressive with your messaging like that because there are those exceptions and you you. get it wrong. I did actually get an email, a similar email from a company that I just had subscribed to two weeks ago. And I was like, wow, they've got some (laughs) really strict criteria for not engaging. Like I already got, Oh, it seems you're not interested in our emails. And I thought, Well, I actually only signed up two weeks ago and I know exactly what they did. They looked to see if anybody had open emails and sent it to them. Well, I hadn't opened any because they hadn't sent me any yet. So not only just look at, you know, have they opened an email the last 90 days, but how many have I sent them? So that time, you know, you might want to play with that time because if you've only sent one email in 90 days and you're looking at. Let's get rid of or re engage anyone that hasn't opened an email in 90 days. We'll give them a fair chance to open. If you've only sent them one, you might want to send them a few more before you look at that
0: criteria. So it's obviously very unique to a business. The other thing that I really liked is somebody else who I subscribe to who I actually hadn't opened her emails in ages, but I follow her on social and on YouTube and I love her stuff. But I just don't always engage with the emails because I'm already seeing their content elsewhere. Um, but she's her, I guess. Email around that was, you know, hi, you know, we haven't, you haven't engaged with our emails for a while. I just wanted to send you this free gift, and you know, if you click on this, then you you'll stay on our email list. Uh, but if you prefer to not, then you know, after the next thirty days or whatever, we'll we'll take you off. Uh, you know, and all the best. Mm-hmm. It was like really lovely and friendly, and there was a little gift in there as well, so that. Um, I was like, oh, what's this? And obviously I clicked on it. <laughs> but I thought that that was a really clever way. But, I mean, any of the um, you're not engaging with our emails emails that I've gotten have always been really lovely and very much yeah. like, we don't want to bother you, but we just want to make sure that you still want to be on this list. Yeah. And blah, which, yeah, it's, and which is all good.
1: And I think as well when you're looking at that segment to email about that do have a look as well as you say like you might have en- they might have engaged in a different way with you especially if they're purchased from you so I would be hesitant to you know unsubscribe someone or send that to somebody who has purchased a month ago but just hasn't opened an email for three months you yeah. know so they're one of your customers that's just engaged so uh, you know there's a couple of other things that you should look at before deciding on that list um, and you know sending out that as nice as it is um, because they just might be receiving those emails and just as a placeholder and and not opening them but knowing that they're coming in. Like I do that all the time.
0: And like I said, I read emails in previews, which is obviously not registering as a click, which does kind of make me think, I'm sure everybody's reading my email and it's just not registering. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, totally. on, that is, on that as well what is a good open rate these days
1: well it's different for every industry and if you do use MailChimp um it does actually give you industry standards by industry um they're really low so I was in there yesterday in beauty and health I think average open rate was 13% which is oh wow low. yeah so a good open rate, and it's different depending on the life cycle of the subscriber as well. So someone who's just signed up should be super excited and be opening, you know, and that's why we can get onto that. But, you know, yeah, a
0: nice that.
1: series is, you know, those open rates should be over 40% because they've just signed up. Um, but when you're getting to emailing um, subscribers who've been on your list for a while and it's just your regular monthly, um, any anything you know, between 20 and 30%, you're doing pretty well. So they're they're good stats to keep in mind. Um, But it's different for every business Um, and also depending on the quality of of your content, what you have to say. Um, But, yeah, there's lots of things that you obviously can do. I think first off just benchmarking it and knowing, you know, what it is is a a great place to start. Um, And then having a play around to see if you can increase that by, changing around your subject lines. um, And all of that testing is super, super easy in MailChimp and on the free plan as well. So there's kind of, um, yeah, no excuse not to be utilizing that if you are sending out email regularly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, And so obviously, as we said before, email is becoming quite crowded. You know, a couple of years ago, we Opened everything and read everything, and now everybody's unsubscribing to things. so how can people stand out when it comes to providing really great emails to their subscribers?
1: Yeah, so I mean the rule of thumb for email is sending you know the right email at the right time, so it's all about personalization um, and making sure that whatever messaging that you're sending is relevant to that subscriber so Um, you know, and a lot of that is experimentation, trialing, trialing different things. So to stand out, firstly, you know, you should be where you can using the first name or the name um, of your subscriber, um, and playing around as well. And you might've seen this already in the inbox, but a lot of people play around, not just the subject line, but the sender details. So even though you might have a business and be sending it from your business name, you might want to try sending it from your personal name. People might respond to that better. Um, and you might have seen some people playing around with that. Again, it's, it's different for every business and subscribers. Um, I've seen that work super well. Um, you know, and stripping it right back works sometimes as well. I don't know if you've noticed a lot of plain text emails coming into your inbox. Yeah, so it's, you know, we spend all this energy and effort creating all this beautiful content and videos and images. And at the end of the day, the email that performs best is a plain text email because it's that personal approach. It, you know, it's, you know, that it's been sent from a list because it should definitely have the unsubscribe on it. But there's something in your brain that kind of tricks and fools you and into, I guess, thinking, oh, this could be a personal email, like
0: I'm going to actually engage in this one. Um, Isn't that funny because yeah. I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. Like if it's not pretty, I ain't reading it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's because I know that it's a subscriber newsletter. So, I mean, just as an example, say when the collective used to send theirs out and they'd have articles and stuff, there'd be images uh, that I could then go click on and take a look at the different content that I wanted. Um, but when I'm just met with a plain wall of text, Mm. That doesn't really entice me in any way. And maybe it's just because mm. I'm a very visual person. Um, I'm just like, meh. I yeah. don't really want to read through all of this. Like if there's not a video I can go watch or you don't at least have like a pretty pr- picture on it with your face and I know who it is then it just feels a bit, I don't know, but that's just me.
1: Yeah, I think as well, obviously, it's looking at the brand and their vision and, I mean, it would be odd, I think, for an e-commerce fashion website to suddenly send plain text and no images of actual products or what's going on. Um, But there's also, I guess, specific styles of email. So if you're sending um, a customer survey to get feedback, um, they are known to perform really well if they're just plain text, um, saying, I'm looking for feedback feedback. Um, about this specific thing because I work here and this is my job and I just I wanted to know if you liked it you know that's that makes sense to send a plain text email um, in that way rather than you know these design images so I think again it comes down to context um, and but really it comes down to just optimizing by experimentation so Um, you know, and whether or not you use emojis in the subject line, I have done that for lots of different businesses. Let me tell you some businesses, open rates increase others. They decrease. So it's about, it's very personal to your subscribers and what your business is all about is what is what works. Um, and just making sure that you're continually trying new things. Um, and yeah, finding out what works for you and what, what, what your customers like to hear about or from. So you can have a look to see what links that they're clicking. So in MailChimp, again, you can see the most click link and it might not be the first link, you know. It might be a link further down and then you can analyze, okay, cool, that's because that's where we have all the new products. So for the next email send, we're going to move the new products to the top of the email because we know that's what people like. So it really is about trying different things and looking at the numbers and then just... It reiterating and, and, and getting better each time.
0: Okay. Yeah, there's other was well there were loads of textures there on yeah emojis plain text versus images and yeah,
1: yeah. the other big one and I see this underutilized a lot is the preview text um, in Gmail so you know you have the subject line and then in Gmail you have like another row of, of text and I often just look at that text to see whether or not it's worth opening because um, you know you're trying to save time um, so it's another opportunity for you to optimize that I think we put a lot of focus on subject lines and so we should, but also just populating firstly. So if you don't populate that preview text, which is in MailChimp, it's a really easy field to fill in. um, It will just pull through the first bit of copy it finds on the email. And a lot of cases you might have an image header. So it will pull through header.jpg, you know, and you're wasting that space. So you're wasting the opportunity again to engage. um, Yeah, your, your subscribers actually open that email. So making sure that you're, writing something compelling in that that box as well for that preview text
0: yeah okay great so we were obviously talking about automations before so let's dive into that a little bit so when it comes to automations how can they help us build our relationships with our subscribers and what do you think is the best way for us to do that
1: yeah, so I think I mean, firstly, the word automation is amazing because straight away we're like, oh, we can go to sleep now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> taking care of for me, and it it does like you know, I, I set up a lot of automations and. You know, it's, it, once it's done, you can go back and enhance it. But basically, it's you know sending out emails while you sleep. Um, so especially if you're going to a lot of effort to build your database and your subscribers, you don't want to put all this energy in and then just dump that subscriber into your normal EDM list. Like they can feel lost when they get their first email from you and you haven't even introduced yourself. <laughs> like so, I think having a really nice onboarding or welcome series um, is a really great place to start with automation. So somebody signs up to your list. And normally I say welcome series and people say, why don't you just send one? Well, because you have a lot to say and you want to make sure that your email has no more than a couple of call to actions in the copy. So you know, you probably, if they're not already on your socials, you want to direct them to connect with you on your Instagram, your Facebook. You want to tell them a little bit about yourself, maybe like a special offer and then, you know, direct them back on site. So splitting that out into, you know, maybe three nice emails over say a 10 day period and really just kind of hold their hand and walk them into your business. Like this is who we are. This is what we do. Make them feel special and valued. Um, And so that by the time, you know, you do send them the first, I guess, newsletter type email, um, they're already engaged with you and they know who you are. So they've got some context. So that onboarding automation is something that again, can be set up for free in MailChimp. So MailChimp's amazing that it gives all these automations for free. Um, a super simple one to set up. Um, and I would recommend doing that one for sure.
0: Okay, great. And, I mean, as far as the content of those emails, like you were saying, it's really an opportunity for them to get to know you and for you Mm. to talk a bit more about your business. Is there anything else that we should be giving in those emails as far as, I mean, I guess that they potentially are opting into something so they'll get that. Yeah, they normally get the offer or whatever as the first
1: email if that's the way they've come, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then the other emails to follow up, whether it's two or three, are you just kind of giving them a bit of background on who you are and and what you do? And I mean, what else are you going to share with them in the other two emails? Yeah. So I think
1: like the first one, as you said, is normally like the offer or whatever the white paper is or the discount code. Um, and then, you know, there's a couple of sentences there for you to say, welcome to the family, uh, you know, whatever your brand voice is. Um, and then the second email shouldn't be like a shot now or <laughs> pushing services. Um, it definitely should be an extended, um, Extended content about your brand story and your background, um, and that's the email that you do invite them to connect with you in other channels and let them know, I guess, where else they can find you. So, um, obviously, with every piece of content or email that you write, you should have a goal in mind, and that goal isn't always conversion sale. Um, so, the first two emails of, of the welcome series, of your welcome series, should definitely be about starting to make a connection with your subscriber um, and you know, that emotional connection. Some people also use it as an opportunity to ask questions of their subscribers. So like, Hey, we want to know more about you. Um, you know, can you let us know X, Y, and Z? You do have to think about what you're actually going to do with that, those answers if you do do it. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You don't want to bombard with like, who are you? What do you want? So that's very obvious then to the subscriber that you're just trying to put them in a bucket so that you can, you know, <laughs> yeah. get better, but if there's a couple of key questions that will really make a difference to how you communicate with them, that's also the opportunity to ask those, those questions. Like, for example, I had a, a client who was a pet company and that was the time that we did ask them um, what pets they had because it made a lot of difference to us if we're talking to a cat, cat person or a dog person, not just because of the way we talk to them but the different products and stuff that they would be interested or their cat and dog, you know. So it was important for us to know that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because I um, I was actually just looking on my Audible there to see I read a book called Red. I love when I say Red when I've been on Audible. Audible, uh, yeah. <laughs> they talked at me. Yeah, they, they were talking at me. A book called Ask, uh, uh, and I know Pat Flynn talked about it as well. I can't remember who it was by, which is why I was just quickly looking on my Audible. Uh, but basically it is about segmenting your subscribers, asking them, what is important to them, so that you mm-hmm. can potentially automate, but also serve up the content that's relevant mm-hmm. to them at their stage in whatever mm-hmm. it is that you do. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's a really great uh, option or opportunity that you know you could ask for me because I'm a brand strategy and business coach. I could be asking you know maybe the top three issues that I find that my clients have. I could yeah. ask you know is this an issue, this an issue or this an issue or are you at this stage, this stage or this stage of your business? And then if they click on that, it could tag them so that I could potentially be serving up more relevant content to them because they're right at the very beginning of their journey or 100%. You know, they're really struggling to get traction on something specific. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do.
1: I do think you know if you are asking those questions, you then have a responsibility to do something with that information. So you might not have all of those beautiful different funnels set up yet, um, but knowing that you're collecting that data because you are going to be doing that, uh, I think is you know a really great thing to do. I mean, later down the track, obviously, you want to start being able to know what your subscriber likes based on just their behavior. So. They shouldn't have to tell you, you should already know. So you can have a look to see what pages they're browsing on your website and you can perhaps tag a subscriber up as someone that likes sales because they only are on the sales page. So that's when you start to get clever with not just email, but the type of marketing that you can serve them up. Just, okay, this is, and it, it, it's also, you know, it's. You're, you're being tagged up and it, you might not always get it right but I think you know you go big see if it works um, it's better than you know if you appeal to everybody you appeal to no one but you have to appeal to everybody initially when you don't have much to go on so yeah
0: yeah for sure um, so what other automations would we consider having as far as uh you know once we've gone past that welcome sequence
1: I think definitely um, abandoned cart if you're e-commerce is huge. Um, So depending on your web platform, you might already have a a abandoned cart set up. So something like Shopify, they're pretty easy to set up. Um, The issue with abandoned cart on something like Shopify is you can't really tailor the template. Um, So that means that all of the optimization and experiment stuff that we were chatting about earlier, there's no opportunity to do that Um, and you can't send a follow-up email. So, abandoned cart series should actually have two emails. Uh, The stats are that 50% of people will transact on the second email. So you want to make sure that you're sending a reminder at least 48 hours after that first abandoned cart email. Um, So MailChimp gives you the opportunity or if you have other email software, you can obviously set up whatever type of campaign that you want. Um, And yeah, so it just helps you go a step further than perhaps what your web platform is allowing you to do. Um, an abandoned cart obviously as a campaign has huge conversion rates. So you want to make sure that you're sending something. Like they've already gone to the, the trouble of putting something in their cart. Um, it's your job to remind them that it's still there because it could have been a genuine reason why they did abandon like, you know I thing. do it
0: all the time. Yeah, yeah. Distracted. I have to do something quickly. I think oh, I'll come back to it in a minute and then I don't. Yeah. But yeah. I use WooCommerce on my site and we set up a customized um, abandoned cart email. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it should definitely- uh, just, I'm just trying to remember whether there was a second one or not. I'll have to go back and take a look.
1: We've yeah.
0: We've got the abandoned cart email. I'm just not sure if there's another one, but then yeah. fits in later.
1: And interestingly, that's, I guess, the one email set as well that I will say, um, you know, in terms of subject line, you should just keep it really direct. So it's like, you have left items. Like I've tried fluffy, more creative. Um, you know, Oh, I'm lonely, lonely sitting here. And (laughs)
0: honestly,
1: people sometimes are waiting to receive the abandoned cart. Like maybe it's because they abandoned purposely thinking that you're going to be sending an offer as well. So you have to be careful about that and getting your customers into bad habits of abandoning on purpose and coming back knowing that, you know, they're going to get a coupon code, which, to be honest, I don't think is necessary for abandoned cart. Um, obviously, if you switch it on and it's not working, you might want to trowel it. But, yeah, you should just by you reminding them um, in a, a nice customised email and a follow-up should be enough to get them yeah. to convert if they were going to. Okay,
0: interesting. Is there any other automations we should be looking
1: at? Yeah, I think the other key one is probably like a post-purchase one. So especially if it's a first-time customer, like you want to do a bit of a celebration for them um, and that's the opportunity for you to, um, I guess, maybe if it's a product with some care instructions to give them a value add there. So, um, you know, this is this is the product you've purchased and these are some style tips or care or whatever the value add is. Um, and then, of course, that is the opportunity for you to perhaps do a recommendation. So um, people who buy this or wait, also buy this or whatever, you know, the complimentary service um, or upsell to be crass, but that's, that's the opportunity to do that. Um, and then, you know, the life cycle of that customer is hopefully going to then be... Uh, Come become a loyal customer, so they purchase again, and then you know that they're they're really in your tribe. So I think once a customer or well, a subscriber transacts with you and becomes a customer, there should be some type of automation um, around that. So I would normally say like two emails, um, perhaps a review email as well, depending if you're trying to build your online presence and you want to send them to Google reviews and um, you know get them to leave your review as well um, as offering them. A value add, and then a recommendation slash upsell.
0: Okay. All right. Great. Uh, now, I think one of the main questions that I had uh, was really around the content of emails that you're sending out, generally to your subscribers. So, say you are sending out something on a regular basis, so a weekly email mm-hmm. that goes out. Do you find that there's any particular content that seems to do better than other content, like? What do you think people are opening more these days just from your experience? Yeah,
1: obviously sales are always going to win, uh, which is hard. It's hard because we're told to email consistently, frequently, but don't email if you don't have anything to say, but be consistent. You're like, okay, well, <laughs> so what do I say? Do I just send a full stop when I have nothing to say just to say like, hey, I'm here. Uh, so obviously sale content, um, trends. So like if you, um, I guess, it can be industry news as well. So like whatever is a news related that's something that's very current um, works quite well. Um, I think it where possible as well, um, people do actually click back onto your website and will have a read of a blog. So rather than putting, you know, when I open an email and there's too much content there, it's just overwhelming and I don't engage. Um, so if you are sending, I guess, more of those content pieces and what's happening in the industry and the latest news, having a click through to a blog works really well. Um, So yeah, I mean, normally it's news based, latest trends, sales, like what's happening right now Um, and how is it relevant to me? So, you know, that's quite a vague answer, but um, yeah, definitely as current as possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it depends on who you're signing up to as well. So yeah. I mean, yeah, like there is probably, you know, maybe two or three people that I subscribe to where I know that on a Wednesday morning at nine o'clock, their emails going to hit. I'm going to grab my cup of coffee and I'm going to watch the latest vlog or I'm going to mm-hmm. check out the blog or I'm going to check out the podcast or whatever Mm. it is. Um, Um, And so I think that, but like I said, it's like two or three people that I kind of really enjoy their content and I know that that's coming every week as well. So... Um, so yeah, I guess you're expecting
1: it and you know exactly what it's going to be. I sometimes as well, like, you know, if you go back and see what you've been sending and trying to ca- try and categorize it and then have a look to see, cause you, if you have been sending emails in the past, you will have all of that data and you can have a look to see and go, okay, cool. That was like a seasonal based email or that was, you can normally try and work out the different, I guess in the same way that you work out different blog content or topics, it's, you can start to classify or this was just about our side update but maybe a lot of people you know were interested to hear that you had a refresh look or what whatever it is you can start to see patterns if you don't you know obviously don't get too complex with the categories but maybe pick four or five different types of content um and start to have a look to see what people are responding to
0: yeah absolutely yeah for sure and I think just with that as well like I I do enjoy the fact like i sometimes write a blog or i do a vlog or i've got my podcast so it just means that i'm not doing the same thing all the time but i'm also giving my audience or my subscribers different content to consume as well so
1: yeah um, and that's the thing you can look at emails just yeah it's a distribution of your content so if you're already producing that content i guess it's just the way that you package it up for email can be different and the same way that people read content on web in different ways um like likewise with, with their email um you know it, it, the art is you know what are you obviously putting in that subject line how, how are you reframing that content but if you're already producing content you, you don't have to recreate something that you, you already have
0: yeah and i mean if that's the a- That's a reason for me to create content as well because I'm like, well, I want to give my subscribers something new this week. Like I want to make sure that the content that I'm providing is relevant, it's up to date, it's new for them to consume as well. But something that I've been doing lately that has worked really well is asking people to reply. So I might talk about something specific and then say, you know, how have you found this or is this going to be useful for you? Uh, Like I was giving them a whole lot of questions to ask themselves just around the products and services that, they have in their business what's working what's not is it making money is it not when last did you assess it do you need to keep it or get rid of it um and I had like 40 percent response email because I I said I would love to know um whether this is something that you would use and if you have looked at what you're offering in your business lately um and I had so many emails responded to that just saying I will definitely be looking at these questions. Thanks so much for sharing them. Um, I haven't actually reviewed things in my business, which is probably why I'm feeling overwhelmed. So it was so good. So I'm trying to do that a bit more. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, and when I send my email at the very end, just before I send it, it actually says track replies. So oh, yeah. So it starts to give me, which I haven't really done in the past. Yeah, this is just a little box that you can tick in Yeah, out. it's just like a little slider. So. Uh, so that now shows me at like what my reply rate is mm. as well. Um, and of course, like male clients look at
1: that as well in terms of engagement. So you're getting points as well. I mean, I don't think you're doing it for that. You're doing it for genuine reasons. I didn't reasons. even know I was getting yeah. points. Yeah, that's the It's Like open is already great, but if you can get someone to click better, reply even better. So. Amazing. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, you could have just sent out a URL, a link for people to fill in a survey, but this is a way that you know, provided that you can manage the replies and you reply again because the worst yeah. thing is, responds and it respond again, and that's amazing. Like people are engaging. Yeah, trouble. like I
0: never reply with war and peace, but it's just no, like, I reply you know, so <laughs> glad it was of help. Make sure yeah. it's definitely worth doing every month or something yeah. like or every quarter or whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, and the other thing that I've seen lately, which I'm I feel like it's a little bit, I don't know, weird, is when somebody sends me an email and it's got the re in the uh, I knew you were gonna say that actually. As if i'm like a sort of reply when it's not
1: like that and actually um so i was using hubspot the other day and they don't actually allow it so you can't if you if they see that you put re in there it just says it won't it won't allow it, it won't submit it so again it's something to test the subject lines but i can think of a lot more creative tests like um
0: yeah i mean i feel like it's tricky it's like that. it's trying to trick me yeah looking on it because it's a reply to something I just thought it was a bit strange that's all but
1: then you just feel misled right I, I kind of liken it to real estate photography and they use the wide angle lens and then you get to the place and you're like well you fooled me enough to get me here but like I'm not going to buy it because I can see not now that it's, so it's just, okay so I opened it and then I'm looking at crappy content or it's not relevant to me and I'm like well good luck and now and now I know you're a company that does that like yeah, I yeah. it's funny. I actually my inbox is massive. I've got like ninety thousand emails in there, which gives people heart attacks. But I use it for research as well, and I leave the ones unopened that I don't open, and all I'll re I'll re um, mark them as unread uh, because, or I I want to have a look and see like what I open, what I don't open, and it's really the best way to kind of see. Yeah. You can read articles, you can say, but the best thing is like what's coming into my inbox, and I've signed up to a fair few things, and why am I opening things and other things? What made me click here? And I try obviously not to be analyzing when I'm doing it and then go back and try and understand myself. So it's it's a handy thing just to have a flick through your inbox. If you're the type of person that keeps all your emails and just see what you've opened and what you haven't and maybe why, like I personally don't like capitals and subject lines. I just hate it, but that's me, you know? So everybody's different.
0: That's I do that with brands. So if I see, it's like I did an Insta post on this the other day. Somebody had uh, sent me a message or responded to something and then I went and looked at their Insta and I was like, "Oh, I like this. And then I went and looked at their website and I was like, oh, I love this. And it was just sort of talking about, yeah, I try and analyse, what do I love about it? Why am I drawn to it? Why am I clicking on it? Why am I still going down the rabbit hole and finding out more about them, like what is it that they've done that's made me really attracted to them, which is like yeah. from a branding perspective, I'm like, you know, a kid in a candy shop.
1: <laughs> and I, I often think as well, I'm like, wow, that was 17 touch points to get me to convert. I wonder if they recorded all those. Because, yeah, I, I start following them on Instagram, then I might comment, like, then I'll open an email, like if someone's tracking all that, this, girl, it's is hard to get over the line. <laughs> I'm a 17 customer touch points ex- kind of girl. I like to consider things, that I'll get there in the end. And I think that's another thing about email and conversion. Like when you're looking at your results and if your email's working for you, I hear that a lot. Like I'm sending these emails and what is it even doing? Like I'm not sure. A lot of people won't. You know, click directly from the email, which is difficult to track, obviously. So, but the email is a reminder, and then you might see in analytics that your direct search the day that you send an email increase, and that's probably because someone's received an email, looked at it, got distracted, and then gone, oh, I want to go to that website. So, Sometimes email can get short in, I guess, what it's doing for your business. So keeping that in the back of mind, that attribution isn't always perfect. Um, and you, the customer is not always clicking directly from the email, but they will come back and you'll see that reflected in, in other ways.
0: And it's like I said, people who email me who I've been cussed, like I've purchased things from them, I still want to see them. But just because I'm not reading every email, it doesn't mean that I'm not engaging with their content either in other places or on their website. So I just think email for me is just continuously keeping people front of mind, even though whether I engage with the content or not, I'm seeing it um, and they're just fresh. Like it's just keeping them fresh in my mind. Yeah,
1: 100%. It's it's definitely a worthwhile exercise, especially if you already have a list and you're not sending, um, oh, you're sending ad hoc emails, just making yourself sit down. And I know there's lots of other kind of tasks in business, but just going, okay, this is the day that I do this and this is what I'm going to do. And just start, get started. And you might be surprised by your yeah, replies that you do get and people have been waiting to hear from you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I need to go and send my email. Now.
1: <laughs> Very good. Template for another whole thing, but yeah, I
0: mean, I know, I know. Well, Karina, that has just been so helpful. I just think there are so many tips in there on engagement tracking, how to like really stand out. So that's been so helpful. So thank you. You're welcome. Now, what's happening with you? Tell us a bit more about what's going on with you and what you're up to, and where people can find you and all the rest of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, my business, as I said earlier, is Karina May Consulting. So I do a lot of um, in-house um, consulting at the moment. So I'm working with some bigger brands, but I've also um, running strategy sessions for small businesses. So um, I normally offer about eight per month. Um, I'm based in Sydney, so um, either in the city in Sydney or over Skype, um, and offer sessions where we can go through your email marketing, whatever stage you're at. So if you haven't started, it's more of a strategy piece of, you know, how to best spend your time. Or if you have started, um, you know, I really roll up my sleeves and say, okay, why, why isn't this abandoned cart not sending, you know, so you get an hour of my time, um, and we go through, um, enhancements, best practice stuff. Um, and send on your merry way um, to hopefully make those improvements um, and get email marketing working for you. So I'm really enjoying that side of things because I think, as I was saying to you um, offline, was that businesses, you know, business owners that come and see me want the help and then go on action things, and it's so rewarding where, you know, I've got some bigger clients that, you know, you know, there's a lot of people in the company, and I make recommendations, and it can be a lot harder for those to get off the ground. So, I really, really enjoy seeing things being actioned straight away. Like, you know, a preview text comes through in an email, and the week before, you know, there was no preview text populated, and seeing like the small little enhancements that are made um, from, yeah, our, our sessions. So. That's been amazing. Um, I'm not really on Instagram or I'm, I'm so busy emailing. Um, but yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, just under Karina May. And I often share, um, I guess, useful resources and the latest best practice in email marketing because, like everything in digital marketing, it's constantly changing. So you've got to stay on top of it.
0: Awesome. So good. Well, if you want to check out more about Karina, then make sure you head over. I will have all the links below. But as I said before, so good to chat to you and so useful. So really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. There was so much good stuff in there. I will definitely will be looking into my email marketing, making sure that I'm changing things up, trying new things, whether it's emojis, who my email is coming from, whether I'm doing plain texts or images, and really looking at how I can make the most of my email marketing and making it as engaging as I can for my subscribers. And I hope that you got a whole lot out of this episode as well. Now, make sure that you're following us on Instagram at The Connection Exchange underscore or on Facebook at Suzanne Chadwick TCX and come and say hi. We do love Insta stories uh, and we run lots of workshops as well. So whether it's video marketing, speaking with confidence, sales, and all the rest of it on how to build your brand and your business, then make sure you head over to theconnectionexchange.com, sign up, and I hope to see you on our next episode. Have an awesome week.